Feel the rhythm. The highlight of your week has arrived, Andrew. Yes, it has. Feel the rhyme. I don't know how to say your Instagram handle, so I'm not even going to try. Get on up. It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday. We all know what that means. That you're probably keeping me from watching a Liverpool game? Yep. It's podcast time. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. I am Andrew. Andrew runs a lot. With me is... Adam at Impact Running. Hey, everybody. This is Thomas. I am at Running for H2O or Running for H2O, depending on the platform. Good luck. All right. It was a good week, Adam, wasn't it? It was a good week. Weather finally broke. The the break that I've been predicting for like a month finally happened. You, uh, did you get out and enjoy the weather at all? I did. I did. Uh, finally got on the streets. It was wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. I had a killer run on Tuesday and Thursday. I got a crazy story about Thursday, but you tell me how you uh, how you enjoyed this weather first. I just got out into the metro parks a few times this week. It was nice to finally get out and not have to bundle like I was going on a polar expedition. So, um, unfortunately, I'm looking outside now, and even though it looks nice, it's it's cold again. But uh, yeah. enjoyed a couple of nice outdoor runs in the metro parks. Had some really uh, some really nice times that I posted this week. I'm feeling good. All what's right. your fun, what's your funny story? Uh, okay, well, this is not funny. This is actually terrifying. Okay. So what's your terrifying thir- story? Thursday, Thursday went out for a run. It was really windy, but I was like, whatever. It was warm enough where the wind wasn't like cold and bone chilling. Yeah. Uh, so went out, got it in anyways. Um, you know, kept it pretty easy, and it was still below seven twenty miles. So I was like, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm totally good with that. But got home. Uh, ate dinner and stuff. We got the kid down to bed and all of a sudden there was a lot of lightning. And so we went outside to kind of check it out. Love bad weather. And uh, about 30 seconds after we got outside, the tornado sirens started going off around the corner from us. And we were like, that's weird. Um, we looked at our phone. We didn't realize we'd been under a tornado warning for like 20 minutes. Oh. Um, and then about a minute after the tornado sirens started going off, the wind picked up even more and I, you know, I don't really freak out about tornado warnings. Um, you know, we're not the, Oh, tornado warning, everybody to the basement type of family. Um, but when that wind picked up, I was like, this isn't normal. Um, and we actually, I actually was like, we need to get down to the basement and we did except me. Cause I wanted to look out the kitchen window and see it. But, um, we actually had a tornado. It was, Thank goodness the weakest, um, but the path was about two blocks from our house. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if it would have been we, – we didn't suffer any home damage at all, thank goodness. Um, and our massive oak tree stayed in the ground, so we didn't have a problem with that. But there were a ton of trees that were, uh, that were uprooted around us, and it's just uh, – yeah, it's freaking scary. It's one of those things that's scarier looking back on it to think what it could have been. Right. Um, but we also feel pretty badass because we are standing outside in the middle of the tornado. Tornadoes are one of those things, like, especially this time of year, it seems so weird because we had snow on the ground like two weeks ago. Yeah. You don't think about tornadoes hitting right after that, but you get that first really warm spell. And, you know, it's like, yeah, they can, they can pop up. And um, like I always tell people, I joke with people like, you know, why do I live in Ohio when it's got weather like, you know, we're getting over the winter. It's like, well... We don't have forest fires. We don't have earthquakes. We don't have 
hurricanes, but you do have the occasional tornado that pops through. It doesn't happen often, but it's just one of those things that can sneak up. And, you know, like I said, when you've got that first warm spell, you don't even think yeah. to, you don't even think to watch out for that stuff. Yeah, it was that weird bomb cyclone that hit over the like plains of the plains of the country and moved this way, and then right, the, we, it was all it was like seventy degrees here, and then that moved in, and it was just whew, conditions were perfect. I'm glad you're okay, Andrew. I am. I'm here. I'm here. My roof is here. My windows are intact, so we're okay. So, so what are we talking about this week, Andrew? We are going to talk about time. Um, we're going to talk about my favorite thing, alcohol and running. We have, we have the effects of it, the good, the bad, the ugly of drinking and running, not at the same time or at the same time. Um, Thomas has graciously put together a game that involves both of us this week stump the hosts not just me uh, we're going to talk about some sports because we've had a lot of uh, we have a lot to talk about in the world of american football and other football american football okay uh but first we're going to take it to thomas from beautiful sunny columbus ohio to talk about actually pretty events. funny no, we actually do have some blue in the sky up there. Hey, uh, welcome, everybody. We're going to talk about two uh, actual running current events today. So this is going to be exciting. Uh, first one is involving Kara Goucher. She's a former Olympian, American runner, extraordinaire. She has switched to trail running, and specifically with the Leadville Trail Marathon. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? What is the Leadville Marathon, actually? So Leadville actually does several races. Um, they do the marathon, which is what Kara is going to be running. They do a half marathon. And then the, the big race that a lot of people are, are probably more familiar with Leadville about is the, uh, the Leadville 100. Um, what's really cool is, is looking at this. I didn't really know much about Leadville at all. I've, I've heard of it when we had Eric Geyer on uh, during an earlier episode. He loves Leadville and talks about it quite a bit. What's really cool about Leadville is it's one of those kind of like it was this wild west sort of lawless town um and then it eventually became a mining town and it's one of those towns that like you know is industrial things were thriving and then as industry sort of collapsed a little bit it was this town that really you know had big cleanups they had to deal with and so the town has kind of rebranded itself now as this tourism destination as a running town and um i know andrew you and i've talked about this before one of the things i love about with with cleveland and with the towpath and with the calga valley is that you have this great nature trail that runs through all this old industrial all these old industrial areas and i like that that meshing of the two and i thought it was really cool reading up on leadville about how you got a town that's doing something similar and really kind of you know trying to turn itself into a destination for runners and a tourism destination for runners yeah, it's it sounds amazing. Um, I, I think it's you know I think Kara Goucher is doing something that you know you and I have talked about what we would do after Boston. Mm -hmm. You know, once you're once you run it, because um, you are going to qualify and be accepted this year. All right. Um, I'm speaking it into existence. Um, but uh, you know, after that, you know, kind of what do you do to kind of spice things up a little bit? And uh, Kara Goucher's taking the route of 
trail running and a trail marathon. Um, I, I'm very interested to see and kind of follow a little bit more of her training for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he, sometimes you just have to do something to mix it up. And uh, that's what she's that's what she's doing. When I first had heard about this, I thought she was going to be I thought it was the um, Leadville 100. OK, um, I didn't realize that I actually didn't know they had just a marathon. Neither did um, I. But, uh, you know, but she's bringing awareness to that. You know, she's people know now that Leadville has just a marathon. So maybe people who are do follow, you know, or do love the Leadville 100, but aren't willing to put something like that in. Now they know that they have an option for a quarter of that distance. Um, we did have the uh, the great opportunity to talk with Brian Burke, who is uh, Cleveland Marathon ambassador with me on Wednesday night. Uh, we're going to be posting that interview uh, very soon. Uh, he is absolutely infatuated with the Leadville 100 and yeah, just the is. town in general. Um, tremendous guy. The interview was so much fun. And just to hear him talk about it was just um, – it was just really cool. You know, I, I think he just provided such good insight on why people love it so much. Um, and it, it definitely piqued my interest a lot, not saying I want to do it, but I understand it a lot more. So be on the lookout for that in the coming days for sure. Um, but are there, what, what were some of your takeaways, um, from the interview with Brian? Uh, I really liked how he uh, he really helped me understand a little bit the difference from a mental standpoint of what it means to run an ultra marathon versus a marathon. Um, marathoners often talk about hitting a wall, and it's it's kind of universally acknowledged to be you know something you hit around mile twenty, like you're going to hit a wall at mile twenty, and that's when the race really begins. And um, I've experienced that in the last couple of marathons that I've run. And, you know, you feel really good when you break through that wall and you get to the end at mile 26.2. And, you know, he talked about it. He goes, no, you have you have multiples of that. You have multiple walls that you hit and, and you can be running really poorly and, and mentally it can really be getting to you. And then, you know, you can fight through it and, and get through it and you're OK. Um, and it was just really interesting listening to an ultra runner talk about that, you know, really the, how you encounter multiple ups and downs and you have to figure out a way to get through that. Um, and it really, it, it just, it helped me appreciate that perspective. Cause it's not something I've encountered before. Typically with me, it's been, you hit one wall and you get through it and you're good. Um, I know something that stood out to you, Andrew was looking at the course and the course profile. Holy hell. That's torture. I, I can't imagine running the sort of course that he runs. Yeah, that was insane. Uh, yeah, we're going to post when we uh, post that interview, we're going to share a picture of the elevation chart. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so one, we wanted to talk about um, something that um, LeBron James is putting together uh, called Million Dollar Mile. Now, Thomas, can you tell us a little bit about this? This was your topic idea, and I can't lie. I didn't do the research I should have done on it before. Oh, well, um, no, this, this show that's coming out to CBS, it's a show where you can win – a million dollars by completing a mile. There you go. That's the name of the show. And the way you complete it, it's when I first saw the headline, I thought it was something running related. And when I got into it, there is cardio involved, but you're also kind of going through a one mile long obstacle course where you have a time limit. 
And then apparently you have really strong people trying to stop you from finishing it. When I read through it, it kind of made me think about American Gladiators from the 90s where they were climbing up foam walls and stuff. But this one sounds a little intense. So kind of in the same realm of thinking of like your warrior dashes or your Spartan races or something like that, except for someone's actively trying to stop you from gaining your your goal of winning that million dollars. But have you guys ever thought about, well, first signing up for the show, I think you guys would be great for it. Or uh, maybe after you talked about trail running after you do marathons and road races, but um, any challenge races you might want to try? Um, it's if there's a million dollars involved. I'll try it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll start there. Sure. You don't get not? it automatically. You actually have to, you know, finish it, Andrew, to get well, a million yeah, dollars. I'll finish it. Believe me. Nothing like having five or six really big people trying to literally throw me off a race course. Um, <laughs> okay. So sure. One. Yeah. If you're going to give me a million dollar, you know, prize incentive, who, who wouldn't want to try that? Um, as far as doing obstacle races in general, um, I don't Andrew, has that ever appealed to you at all? I, I can't say it has. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I've thought about trail running afterward, you know, after I get off the road. I've thought about doing shorter races. I just, to me, racing and then throwing a bunch of obstacles in the way has just never done it for me. I, I know people that have completed Spartan runs and, and warrior dashes and, and they've loved it. I, I don't know. Give me a road and just point me in a direction and tell me how long I have to go and I'll be good. It just, it's never done anything for me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would, I would no, definitely I, be interested in this million dollar mom. I'm going to have to do more research. Oh yeah. Give me that prize incentive and I'll do anything. It would be, I think the, no, I think the races look fun. Like you said, I've, I've known a lot of people who do those races and it, it looks like a really good time um, for the folks involved and in getting, you know, diving into a, a sea of mud and crawling under not like barbed wire, but under obstacles and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I was in, I was in the military for a small portion of my life and I did a lot of that stuff, but Mm -hmm. they made me do it. So that's why I'm kind of turned off to it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay for it when I had to do it. Right. Mandatory (laughs) just, just a few years back. So maybe getting more into the strength training that I've been doing, it would be a little more interesting. That stuff into yeah. running because um, I do feel like I'm stronger than I've ever been. So it might be kind of fun to add something else to just running. But I feel like so many times when I've like, when I've seen videos of these races, I don't feel like there's a lot of running involved. I feel like it's a lot of walking to or trotting to the next obstacle it doesn't it seems like it's more about the obstacles than it is the running part of it which is fine if that's what you want to do but you've give me, me run anyway. well you've seen me run andrew and i am in team trotter so um, don't <laughs> knock the trotting because it's something that um, i do without the obstacles in my way so. <laughs> what i think andrew's hiding here is that he's really been training for this all the time and that video of him with the sword at the mm-hmm. gym a couple yep. weeks ago that was him training for a warrior dash sure was no it's me training for the million dollar pile i'm taking the sword with me bitch <laughs> and there's our first swear word of the day is that really a swear word 
Thomas, you're the. You're I think the that's type. another. That's another pod. That's there another we go. Pod to talk about that. So. <laughs> Andrew, switching gears, daylight savings time. <laughs> Thank God it's here. One, yes, I love having daylight later. Two, did it mess with you? Because <laughs> it messed with me bad. No, just apparently I texted you guys at 8.45 and you got all upset about it. Man, this time keeps getting moved further and further back every time we talk about it. Eight. What was it? 8.39. And now I'm going to have to scroll all the way back to Sunday again. Because Thomas doesn't have I anything what, better okay, to okay. do at work than text me and Adam all day. So our text message thread is ridiculous. One, I want That's that. Fair. I, be, I, uh, want that I will provide a little more. <laughs> I'll provide more detail on that one. I have a small child at home, a small under two-year-old child who does not let me sleep. I woke up after, I said under two years, I gave correct age. (laughs) And I have two older kids too, and I have a dog who wakes me up. I was able to sleep through all of that. No, they didn't wake me up. And when I woke up, I had multiple texts from you. So that's, that's pretty early to be texting. I'm sorry, I don't sleep in. Daylight savings time was amazing for me. I'll tell you that. I I woke up at nine o'clock, which really my body was eight o'clock. But waking up at eight o'clock is is amazing to me. Like yeah. I, that feels like I'm completely refreshed. It messed me up. My sleep schedule was off all week. I finally got caught up. I'm back on a normal schedule. But the first two or three days, like I would look outside and just think it was it was earlier than it was. I was sleeping in. I, um, yeah, no, I just, I, everything felt off. My runs didn't go well earlier in the week. Like finally by like Tuesday or Wednesday, I shifted, but it messed with me. I wish we could just stay on one time. Just give me one time. Like give me this time right now where it's nice yes. and light out late and let's just stick that. We'll just say that's Eastern standard time. Yes. We don't need to get, we don't need to have the kids out farming anymore with the extra day. I don't, I understand why they needed it a hundred years ago. You don't need it now. Um, I, why did they need it a hundred years ago? go i mean you just farm when you can that's i don't think it's i don't think it's actually from farming there's something else like that's i think there's like some misinformation there okay thomas you're a producer you could look this up for us Uh. well it's like somebody was saying to me somebody was saying to me earlier this week like you know i wish we could just stick with this um you know year round you know and with with regards to like work and everything i just thought like why can't we just move work hours like just you know, say, this is the time and just all universally agree that we're going to move you know work back an hour i don't understand why we can't do that why you know sometimes it took daylight savings time for donald trump to tweet something i agreed with because he said we should make it permanent man it it, it took it took a couple years but it finally happened man just don't want to talk about i just don't want to talk about the donald well, I'm, it saves energy. Like- I did some. I did a quick research for you. I'm okay. um, doing my producer duties, and a lot. A lot of it is because it saves time, so you have more time during the brighter hours. It also saves energy. So the more time that we have during the awake hours, the more time where it's brighter during the awake hours, you're using less energy, and that's at least the justification from the energy um, from the energy companies that uh, get us to to do daylight savings. So what I'm trying to understand then, then why do we change? I, I wish we would just. Savings time. 
I wish we would just simply say, it's a good point. Why do we change it? Why don't we just simply say either we're going to stick with this or if it's all about being more energy efficient, like you were saying, Thomas, why don't we just simply say, we'll just stick with Eastern Standard Time and we'll just bump up work hours and hours so that we just have that time in the evening anyway. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'll I don't get, know. I'll get with, I'll get with my contacts. We'll see what I can do. Okay. And then we'll, we'll, um, I'll let, I'll let you, I'll let you folks know next week what I hear from um, my contacts up higher on the, on the chain. See if I we want- can get rid of that daylight savings time. Okay. So real quick, you guys, you were busting my chops a little bit for texting you so early, but I wanted to read, I wanted to read a quick text message that I got from Thomas earlier this week that it just, it really made me clutch my pearls. Um, it was just so, so sweet. So I had posted on our Instagram story, um, a small video from my workout on Monday night. Um, and, uh, my friend Melissa had messaged in the story, good job. And then, of course, Thomas comes in immediately and said, and he doesn't have an ounce of sweat on him. I think those photos were doctored, Thomas. And then she says, LOL, totally great. Um, and so Thomas takes a screenshot, sends it to me, and then says it's a joke. I, He says, it's a joke. I do not think they were doctored. And then I said, I actually just turned on the treadmill, dot, dot, dot. But then Thomas comes back and says, you can't eat pizza, drink beer, not work out, and look like you. So, Thomas, thank you for it that. It was a compliment Aww. because you look you look really like – you look really skinny and almost sickly. So I was giving you a compliment <laughs> that, that you're working out is doing – that you're working out is doing wonders. This is why we run, Andrew. This is why we run. To look sickly. Sure, why not? <sighs> so speaking of um, eating pizza, running and drinking beer and all that good stuff. Yeah, I uh, got this just for that. Let's 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 go right into it. He's getting started early this weekend. We're talking about beer, so I figured I'd do it. I've got to run, so I'm gonna hold off till later. I'm off today. I worked coffee. out last night. This is why I do it. I got coffee as well. It's a great combo. <laughs> Thomas, so Adam, let's just get into it. Please do. Um, before before it kicks in for Andrew, because it's already it's yeah, already we, hard we, enough. We still have 38 minutes left to keep him sober. Um, alcohol and running. I'm not going to lie. This is a combination that I've never fully gotten. And it might be because I've largely been kind of a, like I've talked about this before. I'm more of a, I run by myself. I don't run with a group. Like I don't do pub runs, things like that. So I've never really linked the two, but it is something that is linked uh, pretty frequently. I've got friends that do pub runs every Wednesday. Um, You know, you've got people that are running races and immediately following them up with beers. Um, And I'm just sort of interested to, to break this down a little bit, this combination of running and drinking and how those two became linked and, and some things we should look out for. One thing we want to talk about here, we're not scientists. We're not doctors. Please drink responsibly. Don't take, don't take things that we're saying here as medical gospel. Um, be responsible with your drinking. Um, Andrew, is, is running and drinking something that uh, you combine quite often? Absolutely. And not okay. at the same time. Not at the okay. same time. But 
Um, yeah, you will find me frequently um, cracking open a beer within 10 to 15 minutes after finishing a run. Okay. Stretching always takes priority. So, you know, I will make sure that I am finished because stretching is the end of each workout. So I will be finished with each workout before I crack open a beer. But I'm not above cracking open a beer at 10 o'clock in the morning if I, ru- if I have a long run that morning and I finish it up. I'm not above it. Okay. I enjoy it. Okay. Do you, do you drink often after races? Like immediately oh, yeah. after races? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's And, you know, see, that's fun because that provides – you know, I'm a lot like you where I run by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't do group runs or anything. But I do love the community. Yeah. And that is such a good chance to, um, you know, socialize with people and get to know people that maybe maybe we only or one on one time with friends that we've gotten to know through social networks or this and that. It's a fun social aspect of races and I really enjoy it. And yeah, you're, you will find me oftentimes a couple of years ago at Akron, even though it was Michelob Ultra. We, um, my friend Stephanie Itterbrew, who we're going to have on um, in the coming weeks to interview in our Cleveland, our Countdown to Cleveland Marathon Ambassador Series, um, we were just stealing people's, not stealing, but hoarding people's beer tickets. And her and I, man, we slammed a lot of Mick Ultra that day. And after like 10, you got a little tipsy? Yeah, yeah, because okay. it was Mick Ultra. So it, right. it, took that to get tipsy yes okay um i i love what you said about that idea about being social and loving the community because i i don't drink a whole lot after when i run and I'll, I'll talk about a couple of reasons why but i do love to drink after a race and i do love hanging out with people after a race and just sitting there and talking to people about their races and running and how things are going for them and um, I think it's just really cool, like perfect strangers that you've never met, that you'll never see again, just kind of sharing um, what it means to them and, and why they do it, um, you know, being interested in, in your races and why you're racing. I think it's one of the great things about running is there's there's a common language. We all sort of understand um, the different reasons why we race and, and what we're going through. We've all got the horror stories that we can share and, you know, the, the good moments and the bad moments. and. Um, I love that about races, um, whether they're big, whether they're small, you're always going to have those people just willing to sit down and kind of share. And I think it's cool after a race too, cause you're, you're sort of exhausted and you're, um, you're on a kind of an emotional high for the most part. And, um, I love that aspect, just, you know, going, sitting down, having a beer and talking to people about those things. Um, I, I, I differ from you a little bit in that I don't tend to drink immediately after runs, um, and I, there's a couple reasons for it. One is that um, as I've gotten more and more focused on performance, I've started to look not so much at the running that I'm doing, but in gains that I can make sort of in the other 22, 23 hours that I'm not running. And this is where you know looking at alcohol and some of the things that it can have an impact on becomes a little interesting. Um, one is that like you like to finish your workout and you like to stretch, you know, so that's kind of your immediate after you know, your immediate focus afterwards. And that makes sense because, you know, that's where you, you keep your muscles limber. That's where you help with flexibility. Like that's, that's a performance game. Um, I'm often focusing on food. Your muscles are a sponge 30 to 45 minutes immediately after a workout. And really they need two things. One is you need carbohydrates to replenish glycogen stores. 
Um, and two is they need protein because running breaks down muscle, creates a lot of little micro tears. And the gains that you get are actually from your muscles rebuilding. So I try to make sure that I'm eating something good, usually with a, a ratio, like a three to one ratio of carbohydrates to protein. And I don't like measure too closely, but make sure that I'm getting in some sort of protein and some sort of carbs. Right. So that's my immediate focus. Um, and beyond that, there's just a couple of other ways that alcohol can impair things that I just like to kind of keep in mind. Um, I do like to have beers more towards like the evening. So like if I run in the afternoon or run in the morning, um, maybe I'll have a beer later on that night. But there's some things like if you're worried about performance to keep in mind, um, alcohol tends to make us tired. And so sometimes, you know, people will have the idea like I'm going to have a beer and I'll, I'll use that to help me go to sleep. And it can help you get to sleep. But alcohol actually is linked to messing with your sleep. You actually fall asleep, but then you tend to wake up usually in the middle of the night and your sleep gets a little interrupted. So if you've done a really hard workout, you might actually kind of hamper the recovery just a little bit because you're not getting as good a sleep as you want to get afterwards. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. So uh, you and I differ on this a little bit in terms of when we drink. And I don't think there's, I don't think there's any one right or wrong way to do it. It's kind of like what works best for you. Yeah. And, well, and it's not like I drink after each. No, no, not run. at all. You know, I just said I'm not uh, long runs in particular. Those are the ones in like on the hot days. Okay. Like I, oh, man, I had a run a couple years ago. I had, I actually had at that point PR'd my half marathon time on a training run. Um, you know, it wasn't a race. It was just me going out and running 13.1 on my own. Right. But I got back and it was hot and I got back. It was like nine 30 in the morning and I went inside. I made a, I stretched. I went inside a bagel and I was like, I want a, I just want a beer. It yeah. just feels good. And you know, you, you kind of hit on some of the negatives, but you know, all in moderation beer Absolutely. can actually have some health benefits for runners. Um, now we're talking craft beer here and, you know, darker beers, not Michelob ultra. Um, but there is actually a lot of beer is higher craft beer is high in iron, which is one nutrient that a lot of runners um, miss because it can be, we, we don't like eating vegetables and not everybody eats red meat. And those are the two best places to find it. Um, it also has uh, it can boost your bone health which that can be huge for runners as well. Um, dietary silicone found in beer is important for the growth and development of bone and connective tissues. Um, and that's found in beer. Uh, moderate beer drinkers are 38% less likely to develop osteoporosis than non-drinkers. So something to keep in mind. You got, you got benefits of red wine, antioxidants. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, hell, LeBron says he drinks a glass of red wine almost every day. You're talking about one of the yeah. highest performing athletes in the world. So no, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> like you said, everything in moderation. Yep. Um, you know, my, like my thing would be in terms of, you know, depending on what your goals are. And, and this is something else to keep in mind too. It depends somewhat on what your goals are. If you've got really high performance goals, um, you're going to have to be a little more careful about when you drink and what you drink. Um, if you don't, you know, then you can, you can do more. And it's just, as you, as you start trying to perform at a higher, higher level, you find things you're going to sacrifice, you know, just like with diet and other things that you're going to watch for. Um, you know, so I just, I tend to drink during easy days. 
so that I get really good recovery from my hard workouts. But that doesn't mean that after long runs, I don't have a beer. It's like everything in moderation. And, you know, the last yep. one that I'd written down and talking about this was, you know, you need to relax. Training is hard work. And you don't want the hard work to become like so much work that you don't enjoy it. And so be social. Go out and drink. Don't do it to excess. You know, don't do something that's going to compromise a workout. But don't obsess over every ounce of alcohol that you have that you feel you're ruining something. If you're not going out and binging every night, you're, you're going to be okay. Everything in moderation. That yeah. is the key. So I drink beer almost every day. Do you? I never get drunk, though. Maybe it's because I you just... drink beer almost every day. Well, it's true. It's like strength training. Um, you talked about after you drink or after you run, excuse me, you might have a drink every once in a while. And you say you don't get drunk. Do you feel for yourself personally that you feel the effects of the alcohol after run more than you do just after work or after, you know, your son goes to bed or whatever? I, I think it's kind of the same feeling. There's just kind of an initial, it just kind of helps me relax a little bit. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's any different. I don't feel anything different having a beer after I run than after work. It's kind of the same, same desire and feeling for me either way. I don't know if and that's do you have one on your desk there or. Well, I, I was looking for whatever answer you wanted to give me. And I saw a couple cans. Is that two right there? No, no. This this is bubbly. So this is oh. my, uh, my flavored water. And then this is beer. And then this is actual water. And my coffee is empty. So I drink. And see, that's the thing. I drink a lot of water, too. So some of the mm -hmm. dehydration effects of beer, um, I don't really – and coffee as well. I don't really struggle with too much because – this water bottle here at home will probably get filled up three or four times today and emptied out. Okay. So, okay. So there are a couple of things I took from that one. We don't have to take your keyboard away from you because no. it looks, I thought you were okay. That's good. <laughs> um, and then also we might need a bathroom break here soon. Uh, no, I can make it. I'll be all right. Watch for the chair to swivel. That's when you know, or so this will be our special Adam, two hour last... edition. Adam, last week you could tell he's like sitting like really upright, and you kind, of start to like kind of bounce up and down a little bit. Like, oh my gosh! Like after no, we, we fixed that, after we finished last week, whew, you can tell Adam had to go so bad. This is the so stuff the, before we start for. our pod. Yeah, this is why they come to the podcast. No, we've added it. Any parents <laughs> out there, you'll appreciate. We say before we start this pod, you have to try. You have to try going. So that's what I've instituted before the pod starts. So luckily, I think we're, um, I think the tanks are are empty. That's good. Yeah. I'm okay, Andrew, I know you're an ambassador. What was that? I said I'm working on refilling my tank right now. So. Well, yeah, I know with like five different drinks. <laughs> uh, so you're a Cleveland ambassador. You do different events and you have different hangouts that you do. And I've even seen just on the Cleveland social media stream, they have running events with like a local brewery or something mm -hmm. like that. Have you done any events like that? I know outside of getting that beer ticket after you run a race, have you done any events with your fellow ambassadors or have you done, let's say a pub run? I know Adam, you said you haven't, but is there anything that you've done, Andrew? You know, unfortunately I haven't been able to do any of the pub runs with the Cleveland marathon simply because Canton is just a little too far away from Cleveland to do that. Um, 
which sucks because I really would love to, you know, partake in that with my friends that I've gotten to make through the race. Um, but we do on the Friday night before the Cleveland Marathon, I do get to hang out with them. Um, and Great Lakes Brewery or Great Lakes Brewing is a sponsor of the race. So on this Friday night, we have a VIP reception at the Hyatt uh, in the arcade, and we get all the Great Lakes we want. Nice. Wow. So it's dangerous. That's dangerous, but it's awesome. The weekend of a race. Yeah. 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 Last year, I uh, I had a little too much fun at the VIP reception, and I was running the 5K, 10K challenge series, and I woke up Saturday with the worst hangover I think I've ever had, I'm and a- had to go had to go run a 5K. I remember and I killed it about this. Yeah. I, uh, I ended up having a really good run. I, uh, we were coming down the hill going towards First Energy Stadium, and I think the pounding from the downhill, like my hangover headache started to turn into like a migraine. Like I could see like, – like I was getting like all the dots and stuff in my eyes, and it was just awful. And I was like, I'm going to have to stop. But I was like, just keep going a little bit. We got down to the bottom of the hill. We turned right. We went on the flat road around the stadium, and – um, we got ready to turn right to go up a hill again to head back into downtown and the headache went away. I was like, thank goodness. And I, I mean, I still ended up running sub sevens the entire race. So I do wonder what I could have done if I maybe shorted that night before by two or three beers, but I spent, and- I was hurt like a good part of 2013. I had it band syndrome that I was dealing with. So I didn't run any half marathon. So when I was doing mostly half marathons, I didn't run any big races that year. So 2014 was kind of my comeback. I finally had it beat. I'm going to come back. We're going to see how it goes. And the night before the Cleveland half marathon, one of my, one of my really good friends got married. I had not, I had not had anything to drink for like a month. I had stayed completely off alcohol. I was totally focused and serious. Like this is my comeback race. And I was still good at the wedding. I was still good, but still like, you know, you do a couple of champagne toasts, things like that. And after a month of not drinking, I woke up the next yeah. day and I had so, like, I wasn't hung over, but my head was all foggy. I'm like, oh, this is awful. And this was when the course went over uh, the Luring Carnegie Bridge into Tremont. And um, I had almost the same exact thing happen. I was coming down the downhill of that bridge and like, it sort of like shook the cobwebs out of my head and it kind of coincided with me like missing three or four race markers or mile markers. So I didn't know what my time was for like four or five miles. And I finally hit like mile five or six and looked at my time. And so I was doing like seven, seven minute miles. I'm like, Oh, okay. Apparently I feel all right. And I ended up having a good race. It was a nice comeback race, but I have, I have experienced that uh, sort of cobweb feeling in your head after you've had some alcohol and it's, if you can shake it loose, it's great. And if you can't, I can't imagine running like a full race feeling like oh, that. Oh, man. If I would have had to run like a half or a full that day. Oh. I mean, there's no way. Now, granted, if I were running a half or a full the day after that party, I would not have. Yeah. near. And I wasn't, you know, I was still kind of in that weird fate season of running for me. So I wasn't really that worried about the weekend. I was up there to have a good time. Right. So I did exactly what I wanted to do. Um you know, I, and I don't, I said, I don't get 
um, you know, in the, in this past year, uh, maybe once or twice it's happened, and that was it. Oh, in Ohio State, Michigan, that day. I I think drink? that was live on the podcast. I think I was watching when you were doing rivalry week. I'm pretty sure that was. Oh that yeah. Was oh, I was. I think I had two or three that morning. I while we were doing that, drank a lot that day. It was spaced out over a very long time. <laughs> Um, cause I stayed, uh, one of my buddies is a bartender at the bar I went to. So, um, we just hung out the entire day and drank. like if we watched, I don't know, probably football through like 10 o'clock, but I, the quantity that I had that day was large, but it was spaced out over so long of a time that I felt fine. You know, with that being, what a about during the races? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. We could go over Ohio state, Michigan and all day, um, uh, and all week and all month. Um, <laughs> It probably until they play again in November, we could talk about it. Um, yeah, until your kids go to college and stuff. Um, but during a race, I know in some of the races that I've done, like the Akron Marathon on the second half, where you're running through a neighborhood, just normal houses. You're not on a street. You're not in highly populated area. Just people hanging out in their front yards. And they've handed out drinks where they have beer and they have cups of beer and they hand it to runners. Have you ever taken any during your race? No way. No way? No? Okay. No. Well, and I'm that, a trotter, I'm, so I guess that's yeah. why it's different, because I'm trotting trotting behind. So yeah. If I was out just, quote-unquote, having fun, I would probably do that, but I would never do it's that. It's not very fun. It's not very fun <laughs> trotting. Go ahead. If, if I – but if I'm doing that, if I'm running a race, I spent money on the race, you know, and I'm not going to spend money on the race and go out and, like, intentionally – Get ready to tweet it. Uh, intentionally fuck it all up. Um, oh, no, you gave me the potty mouth thing for the B word, didn't you? Yeah, it, it, you confirmed that it's a bad word because you just said B word instead of the actual <laughs> word. So we're not going to say it. We're not going to. We're not going to say it again. But yes, you. Uh, we've already hit the potty mouth quotient for one episode. This podcast is rated explicit for language. <laughs> um, I I haven't either. Thomas, um, I think part of it's that at least right now I'm so wired to run every race as best as I can that I'm focused on the time. I'll be interested to see if as I get older and I say I, you know, I eventually make it to Boston and get past that. You know, we've talked on here before, like what's going to come after that? And I don't see me like completely just saying, ah, times don't matter now. But will I run more races for fun and just kind of enjoy the experience and do something like that? Maybe. I don't know. It's just like right now I'm so wired to like this is this is how I compete with myself is with running. Yeah. I, I You know, one thing I want to hit that's not necessarily related to what we're talking about, but something you just said, and I think I kind of alluded to as well. Uh, um, sometimes people think, you know, we say running for fun, um, you know, running a race for fun that we don't have fun when we run these races and take them seriously when we train for it. It is still fun. I have a blast. You are still going to have fun at Cleveland, even though you are training your ass off for it and you have massive goals because that's where the reward is. Um, when we, I think when we say, you know, running it for fun, it's where the result doesn't matter. And you're just out there with a different mindset. You know, you're not having to get locked in like athlete locked in, you know, Baker Mayfield locked in during a game. You know, you don't have to do that during a race. You're able to just relax, just enjoy it. 
enjoy the moment instead of, you know, focusing on a result because you want to get that victory for yourself. I'm so happy we're off the Baker Mayfield thing because on May 19th, I'm going to wake up and tweet out that I've woken up feeling dangerous that day. All right. We're going to talk about sports in a little bit. But um, so, Thomas, yeah, um, you have a game for us. Talking about alcohol. Yeah, we're talking about beer. We're talking about alcohol. So, I have a, um, a game that's stump the hosts. Instead of just stump Andrew, Which we're going to stump both of the hosts. Yeah, th- 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 I enjoyed it thoroughly. You did a great job. You didn't stump me at all last week. So, man, I did have, I had a friend, I, I, I had a good friend of mine, um, Nick. We've run races before. We've run shorter races. I ran his first half marathon with him. And he texted me and he said, Is it possible to get a zero out of 10? Because I'm pretty sure I just did. So, you did better than Nick. So, um, good job, Andrew. Congratulations. Uh, so, no, this is going to be for Nick. both of you. This so, is not going to be uh, running related at all. Okay. Yeah, you beat Nick. So, well, good job. Um, this is not going to be running related at all. We're talking about uh, alcohol and running. We're talking about it being St. Patrick's Day weekend. So, I'm going to list off some beer names in their brewery, and you tell me if it's a real beer or a fake beer. <laughs> okay. Are we going to alternate? So, we're going to look at. Uh, are we buzzing no, every, in? You're, oh, you're all going to answer. No, it's not like a quickest to answer thing. We can. Okay. Hardly keep the technology going as it is. You're both going to answer all, <laughs> all of the, the beer names that I give you. So first one, starting off, this is from the, uh, we're going to start, I think it's easier. I tried to list them in the order of easiness, um, but this is 26.2 Brew from the Boston Brewing Company. It's real. It's fake because 26.2 Brew is from Sam Adams. No, it is a real drink. It's from the Boston Brewing Company, but it's 26.2 brew. And it's this year's official Boston official Boston drink. Beer, I should say, specifically. Okay, so that was that was easy. You both have one. Good job. I'll even keep score this week. That'll be fun. Okay. Um, so you both have one. Congratulations. Next one. Uh, do, uh, no, I don't think I get that one. Oh, it, Boston Beer Company is Sam Adams. I just told you it had to be real or fake. I didn't tell you you had to go specific on the other stuff. As long as you tell me it's a real beer, which I'm pretty sure you confirmed so by you're guessing not, it. You're not giving uh, us disinformation. It's just real or fake. It's real or fake. Okay. I might be giving you misinformation. That's the whole goal of the See, game. That, that, that's where I was going with it. But apparently, um, yeah, it is. So we're not going to be nitpicking breweries. It's just simply it's real or it's a fake beer. I got yeah, you. we're just nitpick, we're just nitpicking the game is okay. what it sounds like. All right. We're not going to nitpick that stuff. Okay. Right. Next beer name, Urban Sombrero Lager from Land Grant Brewing. Ooh, fake. I'm going to say fake too. I, so, Andrew? I'm going to say fake too. It almost sounds too good to be real. It is a real beer. Damn it. From the Land Grant Brewing down here in Columbus, uh, a little uh, local brewery there. They distribute all throughout central Ohio, but they're great. If you come down for the Columbus Marathon, check them out. Um, the next one. The Jay Peterman, can I just interject real quick? The J. Peterman catalog is a real catalog. 
That went over my head. Um, okay, next one. Oh, Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, that's that's a deep cut for me. I I, I watch Seinfeld, but I don't have them committed to memory uh, Same. like you do. Sorry. Next one. This is an English style ale from Endeavor Brewing. It's called YNDA, or You'll Never Drink Alone. Oh, I want that to be real. It's real. Please, God, be fake. What do you think it is, Andrew? Real or fake? I'm going fake out of principle. <laughs> it is a real beer. Damn it. From Columbus's Endeavor Brewing. The owner of Endeavor Brewing is a Liverpool supporter. Good man. So he has a YNDA English style ale. Good man. So, so far, if you're keeping score at home, it's Adam 2. Andrew has one. All right, next one. It's called the Peach Dodo Sour Ale. Fake. Real. This one is real. It's from the Rheingeist Brewing Company down in Cincinnati. And Andrew, you posted a picture of you drinking a Rheingeist last night. That's what oh, I was drinking just now. Right That's what he's drinking now. Yeah. But it's not the peach dodo. It's not the same drink. I know I that was like something sours. different. But no, it is a real beer with a real, real fun name. Next one. This one is called Take Me to Your Logger. Real. Real. That one is fake. I completely made that one up. That's good. That oh, man. I wanted a that, real beer. I wanted that one to be real. Just it's everything the, fit together so well. That brewing company, they real? No, I made that whole no, I made oh, that Damn that. Well done. Yeah, well that's done. good. Next one. This one is called Fighting Baby Milk Stout from Harbor Island Brewing. Real. Sorry, I froze. Real You're gonna Andrew. have to repeat that. No, it's fine. This is Harbor Island Brewery, and they have a drink called Fighting Baby Milk Stout. Real. Yeah. So Ad, I made that one up too. That is completely fake. Thomas, you're good at this. this these names just these time. names just work so well together. We're two to I two, know, right? right? You both have two. Yeah, you yeah. both have two. So now strategy comes into play. Um, we've got three left. Okay. The next one is called Hoptimus Prime Double IPA. Real. From Ruckus Brewing. Real. Real. That is a real beer out of New York State. Ruckus mm -hmm. Brewing. Hoptimus Prime. That's a great for name. For, our, for our, uh, our segment of Transformer fans who come and listen to us. Uh, next one. This is from the Edmonton Brew House, so we're getting Canadian. Great one, MVP IPA. Fake. I'm going to say real. That one is fake. That one is fake. Although the great one, uh, Wayne Gretzky did play up in Edmonton, there is not a great one, MVP IPA. I was going to name it the Mark Messier ipa but i think that you would both say that was fake you would both get that right away okay last one last one this is called tactical nuclear penguin <laughs> i'm gonna say real just because i want it to be yeah what brewery is that from well do you think it's real or fake 
Well, you said you were going to give us the name and the brewery. Follow the rules, Thomas. This this one uh, potentially from Brewdog. Potentially from Brewdog. <laughs> real. Well, every question is potential. Because uh, I'm going to say real because I win if I say real. This is true. It is an actual drink. Yes, uh, it is a very, very limited release. 32%. Holy yeah, that's really bad. Um, that's not healthy for anybody. But no, that is a real drink. Um, so Andrew, congratulations. You got five out of five out of ten. A fifty percent is an F, but you're competing against Adam and he got a forty percent. So you win. Good job. What do I get? You get the satisfaction of knowing that you beat Adam in the in the stump the host game. That I'll have to do. So that I don't, I'm not sure the conversion rate on that one. I'll have to look that one up later. <laughs> Andrew, we have a contest. Tell us about it. And it doesn't involve guessing real or fake beer. Nope. Um, so we are giving away an entry to the race that we talk about so frequently, the Cleveland Marathon. Um, if you go like us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Rust Belt Running, you can be entered to win, or you will get an entry into the drawing for a free entry to the cleveland marathon um next week is going to be a very important week if you want extra entries because we are going to have race director ralph staff join us for a time and we are very very excited about that um we also interviewed brian burke this week who we're going to be releasing his um his interview shortly and uh, we're also going to be interviewing some other ambassadors, which is very exciting. Um, we're going to have a quiz on some of those ambassador interviews, which are going for each correct answer. You're going to get an extra entry into the drawing. And we're very, very excited about how it's um, about how it's going to go. Um, so let's see what else topics we'll be covering with these interview interviewees we're going to be talking about training goals you know partners teams there's going to be a lot of things we're going to talk about mainly just what the cleveland marathon means to them um yeah we are extremely excited so make sure that you follow us share post like comment tag all of that fun stuff but most importantly make sure you listen to the pod so that you're able to get the information for the quiz um we're going to have the drawing on march 30th so Andrew, since you're do, since you're talking about this, and you say Cleveland Marathon entry, is that an entry into any of the races? Because I know if I heard that I get a Cleveland Marathon entry and I'm not a full marathon runner, I'm not scared. I think I froze. Did you hear me? No, there? it's okay. No, I didn't. What? Uh, so if you get this entry, can you enter any of the races? Any of the races. Um, it's not supposed to be good for the challenge series, but apparently it is because I've had previous winners use it for that. So. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, very exciting. There are so with Cleveland, there is a 5K and 10K challenge where you run a 5K on Saturday, 10K on Sunday, uh, an 8K and half challenge, and an 8K and full challenge, and then all the all of the races can also be entered, um, kind of a la carte, if you will, as well. So uh, the challenge series is amazing. And that's a fun experience to really like push yourself to the limit. Um, 
I've really enjoyed doing that the last three years. So if you kind of are looking for a way to spice up a half or a full, that is a great way to do it. Awesome. Speaking of Cleveland, so Andrew, we, I'm sorry, go oh, ahead, Tom. Here we go. Oh no, no, take it away. I was say, speaking of Cleveland, Andrew, it's been a it's been a pretty good sports week for Cleveland, eh? It's been all right. Just all right. That's been great. Yeah. If I've waited my literally my entire life to see the Browns do something like this, I'm just a little. What did too they young. do, Adam? We got Odell, baby. Oh, my God. Odell. Our team is going all in. We've got the quarterback, and we're saying it's our time. We're going for it. And I've I've literally waited my entire life for this. I am just a little too young to remember the Bernie years. They were they were going on when I was, you know, three, four. So I don't really remember those days. So my my first memories of the Browns really are the up and down Belichick years and then the move and then the twenty year dumpster fire that has been since. Yes. But no more. No more, baby. I want to ask you for a those question. listening. If you're if you're here for the running stuff, uh, this is all going to be sports now. So if you, this is all going to be about sports. After it's this. fair. You can go. We get it. Well, it might, might get intertwined. <laughs> I mean, it it happens. I mean, Brian Burke. You know, he he's very Browns. You'll hear in the interview. He is. Oh yeah. Oh he he's got some amazing stuff about how the Browns and running come together. It's just really cool. Yeah. So. Wait, you never know what might happen. And I don't know why I'm talking so high. Damn, Ryan Guy's truth. <laughs> the truth comes out. And we've been 11.57 and it's gotten to him. Uh, we're going overtime today. Um, so there was an interesting question. Um, and I can't fully answer it because I'm not a Browns. The Browns are not my number one team. So I can't answer this 100% objectively. But... Um, when the trade went down on Tuesday night and then was made official on Wednesday, yeah, it was very exciting. Yeah. Um, but I, this was talked about yesterday, uh, on local radio when I was driving into work and I'm curious if you were to compare the OBJ trade mm-hmm. with LeBron James announcing his return to Cleveland in that wonderful Sports Illustrated article. Which one do you LeBron. think? Yeah. Okay. It's not even close. That's, see, that's what I thought, too. I thought some of the arguments coming from everybody, the other side of it, I was like, no, you... I just felt like they're, they're missing something. Or they're pissed that LeBron left. Um, or they... I don't know. I yeah, that was so huge. So we won't really talk about it too much because obviously we're on the same page. But I thought the impact they had a lot of yeah, they have a lot of time on the radio that they need to fill. So they were just oh, looking. Yeah. What's a topic that Clevelanders will get angry about? So let's talk about LeBron. Yeah, well, that's why I do yeah. not. I do not listen to sports radio. I can't do it. This is as much sports radio as I listen. to. Right. Yeah. I, I try to avoid it too because um, it's like even I'll I'll see comments on Facebook. Like I, I think I commented something the night that it happened like lebron posted an instagram post or commented on something about how excited he was and the number of people i know that are like personally invested in no lebron's not allowed to be excited anymore it's like guys give it up 
I hate that he left, but he left. He brought us a title. He can do whatever the hell he wants. He's excited about the Browns. I'm excited about the Browns. I don't care. Hey, about that LeBron post too, small world, the guy who um, created that Odell, you know, in a Browns jersey picture. Yeah. He's actually somebody I know. He is the graphic designer for the Cleveland SC minor league soccer team. He actually made that earlier in the day. He posted it on his Instagram and everybody stole it, including LeBron James. And he was like, I don't even care if it was stolen. LeBron James <laughs> stole it. So um, his, name is, his name is Corey Miser, M-I-Z-E-R. He's on Instagram. Um, his graphic work is, is awesome. I mean, we like him on Instagram, but no, he's – so that was kind of small world. The, yeah. so the picture LeBron posted, I know the guy who made it, and he's, he's pretty awesome. That's cool. So, Adam, what are your expectations now? I mean, that, you said the Browns are all in. Um, you know, I think at the end of last season, you would say, I think almost anybody in Northeast Ohio would agree that the expectation would have had to be playoffs, but now you get, make the trade to get Olivier Vernon, which is completely overshadowed by getting Odell in. Um, now that you've added those two pieces, even with losing Zeitler, I mean, what are your expectations now? Like realistic expectations, like, what do you expect the end result when when is the final game played and is it a win or a loss? The boring answer is that I don't know. And I'm going to I guess I'll, I'll preface it by by saying this. You look at how good the Chiefs and the Rams have been. Um, neither one of those teams has ended the season on a win yet. Um, as long as Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are in New England, I think you've always got to be – You've got to if you're the Browns, you've got to feel good. Playoffs are absolutely my expectation. The AFC North is not looking nearly as strong as it once was. Um, so if you're the Browns, I mean, I think you should feel like an AFC North championship isn't just like it, – it's there for the taking. I'm not it, – it's, it's simply there for the taking. You know, after that playoffs, um, I just – for as much as people talk about playoffs and they say, you know, that if you've got the guy, if you've got the quarterback, you're going to make it through. The, the truth of the matter is that if you look at the last, what, 15, 16 years in the AFC, only four quarterbacks have represented the the conference in a Super Bowl. Flacco, Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady. And I just think until, you know, until, until Brady and Belichick are gone, they're such good there's such good, there's such a great combination. Um, but I mean, if you're the Browns, I think you start to have, you have the talent to play with them. Can you beat them? Can you game plan around them? You know, I think one of the most fascinating things about going with Freddie Kitchens is he looked awesome. His offense looked awesome. He's a first year head coach. How is he going to match up in games against, you know, some of those elite coaches when you've got to go up against a Kansas city, when you've got to go up against, you know, Bill Belichick. So I, we should be competing for a Super Bowl. I'm not going to tell you that we're going to win a Super Bowl because I just I'm one of those guys that I like to just watch how the games play out. I'm I'm more focused on the process. Yeah. And that makes me a boring sports talker because it I don't does. make bold declarations. I'm sorry. I just I, I want to know when when like we get to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Like if this team makes the playoffs, they win the division but they don't get a bye and they lose in the wild card round. What would you look back at this I Assuming the team is healthy. Yeah, that's the big thing is like what happens during the season. But assuming the team is healthy, if this team just gets to the wild card division or not, and they lose, I mean, are you really okay with that? Is it – I've got a trade. 
I've got to see. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a great trade, but you've made it. You've made it. You mentioned that Zeitler's gone. How is Corbett going to play as the guard? You have traded Peppers. I wasn't a huge Peppers fan, but you have a pretty big hole now at safety that hasn't been filled yet. What are they going to do to fill that? Uh, the linebacking core still needs added to. This is a team that looked really good at the end of the season. Now teams are going to have a year to kind of game plan against that to see what you're capable of doing. We've added really good pieces, but you know it's not it's not fantasy football. I think people want to kind of plug in numbers and just simply say, this is how it's going to work out. All this has to come together now. You have to see how your new defensive staff is going to you know, develop the, the defense. Um, I liked Greg Williams. Um, I didn't like everything he did on defense. So how is Wilkes going to deploy his defense? What holes is he going to have to kind of game plan around? Because the linebacking core still isn't great. Um, you know, if Corbett isn't good, how does that end up going? Uh, what's the running back situation going to be? Because you have Kareem Hunt, um, a signing I'm not thrilled about at all, um, but you don't have him for eight games. And so what's your running back situation going to be? Is that going to interrupt the flow when he comes back? There's a there's so much to feel good about. And I feel good about it. On paper, this is probably the this is the best Browns team since we came back. You have you have the guy at quarterback, you have wide receivers, you have a number one corner. You have you know D-line talent across the board. There's a ton that's good, but you know think about how good the Rams and the Chiefs looked last year. You remember that Monday night game they played? How exciting that game was! Yep. Neither one could get past the Patriots, and that's just it. It takes. I, I think something that will be interesting to see play out is how quickly can you coalesce a culture of winning around here? Because you have a lot of guys that haven't won a whole lot. Like Beckham hasn't won a ton in New York. A lot of these guys that are here, they're, they're second and third and fourth year players. We've been young. And what's great about young talent is when that, when that young talent matures together, you have a great team. Look at what, look at what Seattle was able to do when Russell Wilson was really young. They were, they all came of age at the same time and they just exploded and won a Super Bowl. But you still have to have all those guys go through it. There's going to be some growing pains with this team. So uh, playoffs, absolutely. Like if we don't make the playoffs, it's it's a massive disappointment. If we don't win the division, in my mind, I think it's a massive disappointment. But after that, it really comes down to how do all these pieces fit together? How well does the culture fit together? How much do the coaches get out of this? And you still have an, we still have a draft and more free agency to go through. Right, and I, I think. Um, they have opportunities to only improve the team from here, you know, being the draft, the rest of free agency, absolutely, whatever other players get cut before June. Um, you know, they're, they are only going to improve the team between now and September. And they have only improved the team in my opinion um, from December to now. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the only drawback on this team at this moment, minus some of the holes on defense, because I know they're there, but they're going to be addressed. Um, whether they're addressed with the right pieces, we'll know when the pieces are there. Right. But I trust John Dorsey to do that. Absolutely. Uh, but I think the the only drawback is that the team hasn't been in the playoffs yet. The team hasn't won anything significantly yet. They ended the season very well. Um, they ended the season very hot. They beat a lot of teams that a good team should beat. Yeah. I, I've heard a lot of people kind of knock, well, they didn't they didn't have to beat you know, or they didn't beat great teams. Well, you know what? They beat the Falcons, and I'm not just tooting my own horn because I'm a Falcons fan. The Falcons are a damn good football team who underachieved last year. 
and they beat them. They beat the Ravens. They beat the teams that a great team should beat. You can't knock them for that. And the first eight games of the season, they had an inept head coach and an offensive coordinator who was, you know, yeah, they, they were measuring, they were measuring themselves up against one another and you can't do that and be successful. So I think they made a lot of strides that kind of, I think do shorten the curve for them a little bit. Absolutely. um, With the way the second half of that season went and then the additions they've made, I would expect this team. I think my expectation as a um, resident of Northeast Ohio, I expect this team to win the, AFC North. I think if they don't, I think that would be with the with all that has transpired in the AFC North to this point. Um, I think that would have to be a disappointment if they don't win the AFC North, because you're leaving too much up to chance if you're just going for a wild card. Because all you need is for you know some other team to kind of come out of nowhere, or you have the Texans, or you know if the Jaguars can fill a QB hole, they they could take a wild card spot like you you have some of these teams who could you know potentially win 10 or 11 games and not win their division because the nfc or the afc south has three teams who can play very well yep um you know i i think you leave too much up to chance if you don't win the division i i expect them to win the division um i feel like they should win 11 or 12 games and compete for a bye i i think anything less than that i think you'd have to go well, that was kind of a letdown. Um, there's just too much hype and buzz and too much talent, frankly, uh, to do anything otherwise. And, uh, once again, I say that assuming everybody's healthy. Right. Um, because injuries you can't control. You can. You do that, you know, anything can happen. I don't, I don't expect them to make a Super Bowl, but if you get that by, you, you got two games to win before you're there. So, I don't know. I think they have the potential, I, and I think they might just be cocky enough, young enough, and dumb enough to not know any better and really, truly believe that they can win a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, they definitely have that swagger and that arrogance about them where they could do well. That's not my expectation, but it wouldn't surprise me in the least if you saw them in the AFC championship game or even saw them in the Super Bowl. Cause I just think there's way too much talent, way too much. Yeah. There, I, I like what you say about the, the confidence and the swagger. Cause with this group, I don't feel that it's, um, you know, there's, there's people that talk and they're trying to mask, you know, the, the lack of confidence they have. And I don't get that feeling with this group at all. This no. is like a group that, I think they understand their. I, I I think they understand some of the limitations, but I think they just understand that they just don't care about them, and they're just right. going to go out and, and play their asses off. Um, I think too something I'm going to be looking for with this group. Um, you know, you get those teams that are kind of like one year wonders, like you know when the Colts went to the AFC title game and lost to New England. Colts had a lot of talent that year, and um, you know they had a GM that couldn't capitalize on Andrew Luck being good and. They've kind of fallen down since then. I really want this team not to just simply be a good team for a year or two, but really establish, you know, a culture. You know, only four quarterbacks have made it to the Super Bowl from the AFC in the last, I think it's since like 2000, 2001. 
I'd really like the Browns to not be that team that has one or two good years, but really lays down a culture that makes them, you know, a group where Baker Mayfield adds his name to that list. And we're looking back, you know, 10, 15 years from now, and it's like, wow, in the last 30 years, only six quarterbacks from the AFC have made a Super Bowl. And it's like Pat Mahomes and Baker Mayfield are the two new entries. Um, so I really, I, I you know, I want to see the on-field results match the talent that's there. But I think more than that, I want to see the the on-field results and the off-field stuff come together to show me that this is a team that recognizes that they've got the potential to do something special, not just this year, but for the next 10, 12 years, because they've right. got some of those important pieces together. And, you know, if it if it doesn't work out, if they don't go, you know, if they don't make a Super Bowl this year, make the AFC title game, but you've seen like huge strides and you can kind of see the holes that need to be filled. And more importantly, like it's a group that you look at and say, hey, the coaches know how to get themselves out of tight spots. The coaches know how to game plan. They know how to adjust. Um, you know, it's like I've always liked Andy Reid and respected Andy Reid, and I just feel like Andy Reid is that coach who, despite having overwhelming talent at his disposal all these years, is sometimes just not quite able to adjust when coaches figure him out. And I think the worst thing in the world would be to have a situation like that. It's why, it's why as long as Belichick and Brady are in New England, I, I sort of look at it and go, man, that's such a tough out because – You've got a quarterback that's seen everything and you've got a coach that is one of the top three coaches of all time. And they just, they know, they know how to take things away from you. And so, you know, it's like, if, if we lose to them this year, do we have a sense that kitchens knows how to get past that and, and figure out what he can do next to get through it. And so that'll, that'll be interesting. Cause it's, it's one thing to, it's one thing to take advantage of the talent. It's another thing to push that talent to beating any team that's yeah. out there. Oh man, I had a great way I was gonna wrap this up, and then somebody tweeted at me. It was Jeff Lammers. He says you can have a drink ticket. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jeff. Thank you very much. Oh, God. Man, he is really yeah, sucking up trying to get this entry, isn't he? It's random, no, Jeff. It... It's random. But you can add all the entries that you want. Exactly. According <laughs> to the to the bylaws of the this is true. of the Rust Belt running. I I do want to say something. Rules. Real quick, Adam, I remember what I was going to say. Man, for a guy who thinks so highly of Brady and Belichick, mm -hmm. you picked against him three times when we were picking from the divisional round I on. I did, and it, I'll, I think I'm always looking for that year <laughs> of, like, when is it not going to work? Like, I thought that New England's lack of some defense was going to hurt them a little bit. I thought that, you know, we were seeing Brady do things, you know, missing throws that he doesn't miss, and – Man, one, the, the Chiefs sticking with the defensive coordinator they had for as long as, I mean, the guy could not, the guy couldn't find his way out of a paper bag. Just the guy can't adjust. You, you could see all year just how bad the Chiefs defense was at times, and that was a mistake keeping him. I just, I thought Kansas City's offensive talent was just going to help them figure out a way to get past it. And by the way, what the hell are they going to do if Tyreek Hill gets suspended? <laughs> Oh my gosh. You've lost well, Kareem Hunt. Okay. If the Chiefs lose Tyreek Hill, the expectation should be AFC oh, yeah. championship game. Absolutely. Period. Because um, if all they have is Travis Kelsey, yeah. They're and Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Their offense is a shell of itself without Kareem Hunt and uh Tyreek Hill. There's just no way. I, I would absolutely expect it to be a two horse race for that number one seed in the AFC and they desperately need defense. So, yeah. but no, I, you know, 
I think sometimes I look at I look at certain things and I look at the patrons and go like, how long can this last? I've thought that I've thought about that with Pittsburgh. How long can it last? And they always find ways to just keep, you know, they keep the train rolling. And I think it's that's part of what I'm getting out with the Browns is that as much as I I, I respect the hell out of New England and what Belichick's been able to do. I'm so happy that Pittsburgh is collapsing. But yeah. um you know well, so we think. I mean that's been thought before. And, and that and that's just it is like the really elite teams, they keep it going. They find a way. And that's kind of one of those things I'm looking for with the Browns is can they find a way so that, you know, you're looking and going, no, nah, there's just no way they can possibly make this work. And they make it work anyway. But there's one major difference between all these elite teams that you're bringing up um, between now and the NFL and then the Browns were never any good. So we really don't know <laughs> if the, if the, the Steelers kept coming back, but they had two yeah. other teams in the division to compete with yep. really one because the Bengals have been May. decent at best. May. So, eh, so we'll see. Thomas, what do you do? You have anything to add to this? Because we need to probably wrap up here, and you've just been sitting there. No, I think you. No, I think you did a great job talking about the Browns. I mean, I could talk about the Browns with probably much more pessimistic viewpoint, just because of the way that they've hurt me. I'll, I'll leave with a story. We can part this way. My my nephew, who um, is a teenager, he plays football over here in Dublin at his high school. He's a big Odell Beckham fan. Since he was probably since Odell came to the league, since the catch was made, he was a huge Odell Beckham fan. So the day that the trade happened, he texted me, and he was just said he just said Uncle Thomas, or he said UT. That's my nickname, UT. And I I just replied, Are you buying a Beckham jersey? And he said, I'm getting one this weekend. And then his reply back to me was, When are you going to buy your jersey? I said, Not yet. Too soon. <laughs> I'm not buying any Browns jerseys. I'm not buying anything like that. Let, let's see what happens. I'm a lifelong Browns fan, um, which explains a lot. But uh, I, I am kind of bummed that we skipped over all the Liverpool talk for this week, but uh, that's okay. Man, I tried to – there yeah, just wasn't a good segue to it. Yeah, I know. No, I got you. Uh, we, in a few weeks, we'll, we'll take care of all of that. I'm excited for our April – you know, I'm going to be sitting at the airport and I have this feeling I'm going to be watching you guys. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I have to get in there and put it into this. It's going to be great. So on April 6th, we are going to have a really fun episode. It's just going to be Adam and myself. Yep. So Andrew's going to be in the airport on his way to his cruise uh, with his missus. So I, we're really excited for you to go on that trip, Andrew, and not just for your own relaxation, <laughs> but for but for Adam and myself. It's going to be it's going to be our own little podcast vacation. Yes, indeed. Oh my god! Well, how can how can the how can the nice people reach out to us if they have questions that they want to add on the pod or uh, all that good stuff? Let's close up shop. Let's close up shop. Well, if you have any running related questions, you can do hashtag RBR. Nope. Or ask RBR. Hashtag ask Adam. Go ahead. What? How can they ask reach out Ari. to us? Hashtag ask RBR. Or hashtag Andrew Hart's football. Yeah, that, that's another way. We will be watching all the hashtags. All the hashtags. <laughs> but no, that's... Have a great week, everybody. Yeah, make sure you follow. Get those entries into our drawing. Adam, have a good lo long run today or tomorrow? Tomorrow, 15 miles on hills. 15 miles. 
I got yes. 10. What do you got on the docket, Thomas? I've got homework and hockey this weekend, but I'll also, I'll try to run. I'll try to get in four miles at some point. Okay. okay. Well, go Blue Jackets. Yeah. Hey. They won last night. No, that's another, that's a whole nother conversation that we can talk about on another pod. <laughs> What's that? Sorry, I froze. You did. It's okay. This is, you didn't this miss anything. Of- this has okay. been just a perfectly smooth ending to this podcast today. I know it sure has. So, all right. Hashtag RBR with your question. Ask RBR. Damn it. Just say goodbye. I quit. Enjoy your miles, everybody.